Hey, Christ Central. It is Wednesday, May 6th, International No Diet Day, actually. You're now listening to the Tight Five. I've been told that I have a very wild imagination. Guilty as charged. I've always allowed my mind to run wild, to let it frolic in the flowers. And this brain has allowed me to think creatively while I read the Bible. Mind you, these thoughts do not leave me astray. They do not stumble me to misinterpret the essence of the text. Think of these thoughts more along the lines of uh, I wonder line of questioning. If anything, it is with this mind that serves as the peanut butter to help pass the tougher passages, especially the narratives. In Genesis 25 verses 29 to 34, we read about Esau selling his birthright to Jacob over some stew. In a state of complete exhaustion, he says to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stew. Verse 30. Now there is not a lot more detail regarding the stew, and this is when the imagination station starts whirring a little bit. First, the passage concludes with a statement that Esau really despised his birthright. And this point is proven by the haphazard trading of what was supposed to be his privileged blessing for a bowl of soup. We all know the famous tagline, what would you do for a Klondike bar? But Esau would give up his birthright, apparently. Now this got me thinking. This is probably not a commentary on the stew itself, but rather Esau's stance on his birthright. And this was further cemented when I looked at some resources regarding this red stew that we read in the passage. It is likely that this stew was a red lentil stew. Believe it or not, and we really shouldn't be surprised, but there are even some recipes online for Jacob's lentil stew. The recipe calls for hyssop. But this proves to me just how much Esau thought about his birthright. Perhaps for a bowl of pho, I'll do it. Maybe a solid pot of Korean braised short rib. But for lentil soup? Very curious. Acts chapter 20, verses 7 to 12. Usually, when someone says that they've killed it, it is hopefully used in the figurative sense. But in this case, the Apostle Paul literally killed it. At the end of Paul's third missionary journey, he was breaking bread with some people and he had intended to leave the next morning. Because time was of the essence, he wanted to pack all he wanted to share in one sitting. And though the room was full of lamps, one of the men, Eutychus, which means fortunate, fell into a deep sleep. Now the passage hits differently as a pastor. I've had people sleep through my sermons. I've slept through sermons before myself. It's one of those things where you see it and you move on. You can't really stop the train. You just have to keep going. 
But in Eutychus's case, he fell out of the building three stories and died. Paul, now he can't just acknowledge this occasion as if someone had just fallen out of a chair. Someone fell out of the building and died three stories. Now if he was beast, he would have survived that, but he wasn't. And so he goes down, checks on him and says his life is still in him. He was not phased by this at all. And that is mad props to him. And this is the best part for me. Acts chapter 20 verse 11. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak and so departed. Just business as usual. He ate right after that as if nothing had happened and then carried on, kept talking, kept sharing until daybreak. Man, I wish I had that kind of perseverance. The feeding of the 5,000 was always a fascinating story to me. First, you gotta give props to the OG, original filet fish Now, this is what was always curious to me. And perhaps I need to do some cultural gymnastics to fully appreciate this story. But how long do you think the breaking of the bread took? And we know that everyone who partook was satisfied. So this wasn't just a Costco sample of a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. They were good. And there were 12 baskets left over. How long do you think that took? You have to assume that everyone is exercising common courtesy as well. Right? You can't just start eating and picking out while everyone is passing down a loaf and a piece of fish. It reminds me of that scene in Office Space where everyone is passing down a plate of cake for the next person until everyone has a piece of cake except for poor Milton. And you don't want to be the first person to take a bite, so you just pass and pass and pass. Plus, I highly doubt that they had any sort of aioli or tartar sauce. So how is the fish prepared? Roasted? Sous vide? Seared? Sashimi? I don't know. These are the thoughts that I'm haunted by. And so it is in those details that help me appreciate the dedication of the people that wanted to hear what Jesus was preaching. These are just some of my small thoughts. They're ultimately inconsequential, but it helps the stories come alive for me. My purpose in sharing my thoughts is to stoke the fires within your own hearts to read more of the Bible. I would love to see a greater collective passion for God's Word, and sometimes we need that small assist. Let us continue to devote ourselves to the reading of God's Word and to relish it daily. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Tide 5. Hopefully, somehow, strangely, you are blessed. Until next time, grace and peace.